Hey, Queefers. Thanks for listening to the Church of Queef podcast with your brothers and sisters in Queef, Alyssa, Dave, Jess, and Ted. The following content is explicit and may contain discussions about sex and or sex-related topics. Please listen with an open mind, and remember, we are not experts, so take what we say with a grain or two of your favorite Himalayan pink salt. You may have a lot more to say today because you looked into this stuff. Yeah. I looked into it. Well, and I didn't, So, but I'm hoping that it's still going to spur on some conversation because, I mean, I've heard of Merkins... A long I don't time ago. really know anything about them, though. Know a whole lot other than the historical piece about it, and I don't know anything about reusable condoms. So please uh, enlighten us <laughs> about our queef beef think, today. It, it it sounds a lot less that it's reusable condoms and just that people are reusing condoms. I don't know because here's the thing. So I was talking to George about it this morning. Because he was like, what are you guys going to talk about on your podcast? And I said, we're talking about Merkins. And he's like, what are Merkins? And then I said, and reusable <laughs> condoms. And he said he actually watched a movie, a Mexican movie, that the grandpa was giving a reusable condom to his grandchildren and saying, you know, back in my day, we didn't really have access to condoms. And so this is how we would get access is somebody would give us a condom. And, like, they were actually made out of material that could be, like, cleaned and reused. Not with different partners, necessarily. With the same partner was this grandpa's intention. But, of course, you know. So, because, of course, where I went with it was reusable condoms made out of that material that break all the time and whatever. No thank you. Please don't come anywhere near me with that. Now, okay, I could see, because there are all kinds of women's products, cyclically, that are um, reusable, right? Yeah. Diva cups and flex cups and whatever, and they're made out of medical grade silicone, and they're very thin and very flexible. So, I could see, and we kind of touched on this last time, I think we talked about this after we had finished recording, but... um, I could see using something like that with the same partner. Mm-hmm. For me, there's a little bit of an ick factor in using that across different partners. There's a total ick factor. You know factor. what I mean? So yeah. now, and we could, the, what we had talked about, I think, was using we had been sex, about toys. sex toys. Right. And using sex toys across different partners. Now, I never used sex toys. In the process of hooking up with somebody until I met my husband. And because I felt safer and I felt more comfortable saying, this is something for me that is helpful or I enjoy it or whatever. And he enjoys it. And so, you know, and so that for us just kind of worked out. I never felt confident enough previously with any other partners to say, you're not going to get me there, and so this is what I need in order to do that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So, yeah. But so, but the idea of I I I'm trying to imagine using sex toys across multiple partners, and I'm like, there's just an ick. Yeah, it's gross. I mean, I personally think that's gross. I mean, of course you can clean these things, right? right. And so then but I was thinking about is, like diaphragm resale value and cervical there, there are caps all, all all the time. Who will 
take like used ones that they don't want anymore or whatever and sell them to what? someone else. Yeah, Gross. Okay. Well, okay, so here's the thing. Uh, definitely not made out of silicone. <laughs> <laughs> is it latex? No, we're talking about the 14th century. Oh, okay. 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 So that's pretty much where Merkins and Comdens, as they were called, huh? were uh, invented. Made from sheep intestine or okay. something right. similar. Okay. okay. Um, and sheepskin condoms are still a thing, so. right? Yeah. So, and it used to just be a tiny sleeve at first where you would slip over the head of the penis and you would actually try to tie it on or something like that. Right? Like a ribbon string? <laughs> something. Honestly, I don't think it worked very <laughs> well. A box. So they made it longer like a sock and they would tie one end of it and then they would tie that on. So... The thing is that is, where is, the phrase tie one on came from? <laughs> <laughs> Different thing. <laughs> um, How did but, they keep it on? Was there something that, like a strap or something? They tie it on? Yeah, they, no, they tie it on. So they tie it like, like on the, the base of the penis. You know. okay. Tying it to the pubic hair? That's, this was the beginning <laughs> yeah. of like a cock ring. Ra- yeah, wrapping it around the balls. Right. See, well, they they used there. their merkin and like tucked it up and stuck it with double-sided tape. <laughs> they probably didn't have double-sided tape back then, but so <laughs> they used gum. <laughs> uh, you, when you had access to money, you had access to more resources. So sure. if you were in more poverty, you would have to wash that out and reuse it. Right. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jizzing in it twice, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like I something about the that that fast twice. Yeah, sure. Okay. And like, yeah, and I think it's so that I feel like depends on the person. This depends on the guy, you know. Does it though? Like, Isn't there usually like a times? there's some kind there's of there's like a reset period, that has but, to happen? Yeah. But I mean, like yeah. some some dudes are going to be able to come a lot faster. Well, and some guys time. stay hard still after. Well, they'll they'll stay hard and then they'll be and then they can just get right back into I it. I think it also depends. Yeah. Sometimes on it doesn't. It just doesn't stay. Age right? and, like, yeah. and it's just, it's just stamina, libido, mm-hmm. I think all of that. Has and to you know, sure. are you using some kind of product to help? You know, sure. Like they make the de-stimulation yeah. products and yeah. Stuff but I mean, like if that. we're just talking about like oh natural, right? With no added. Now there is a powder supplement that's like a Vic. Vic takes it sometimes. Um, that's like a whatever a protein. It's like a protein powder. Like it comes in a con- like a little container like that. That about you know if he's like yeah I'm feeling frisky or whatever and he might take some of that. And that helps to boost performance. And it's like a legit nutritional supplement. The point point of the supplement is to increase blood flow, right? Um, I don't know exactly all what it does. Hmm. But I mean, like, it's vitamins and minerals and stuff. So it's a nutritional supplement. It's not like a, a spray or something like that. Not a blue pill. Right. Hmm. Interesting. But it does work. Okay, fair. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of those where we're learning a lot about each other. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay, so we should back up though and talk about what a merkin is, since you dropped the word. 
Okay, so American is a pubic wig, vagina wig, giner wig. <laughs> Do they not have male merkins? No, you. There's definitely male merkins. I'm just saying it because it's funny. Sure. Um, you know, anybody can use it. So, a vagina toupee. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I'm kind of going to that more too. Okay. Um. Basically, it used to be for venereal disease. Um, one of the main things was because when they would get boils, Ooh. they would it would cause scarring, and so <gasps> they would cover it to because of the scars and stuff. Oh. Okay, so it's mainly used by women and stuff like that if they were right. trying to hide something. Mm-hmm. Um, especially I thought being it was for like, like if people got crabs. Yeah, well, so that's part that, of it. Historically, okay. that's how what I learned about merkins was that it was used mainly by prostitutes. Mm-hmm. And it was because they would shave their pubic hair mm-hmm. to prevent the spread of pubic lice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see. And so they would use a merkin. Although, I don't know how that prevents because it's... Because merkins are so made of hair. Right. And you're still tying it on and they're still using it with their johns. So, like, if a john has pubic lice or they already have it, how are they not still spreading it? Right. If they're wearing a merkin mm-hmm. during the deed. Right. right. Well, so maybe they have several that they they just switch out and possibly for, for each John. They probably just throw it in the condom laundry. Right. <laughs> condom. <laughs> condom, like C-O-N-D-O-N? Mm-hmm. Condon. Condon. Why? Why was it called a condon? Did mm-hmm. it go into that at all? No, I think it's just a plant, the English language. Huh. You know, I think they changed it after a certain amount Yeah, of like why is it called a condom now? Yeah, I don't know. For doms? Dominatrixes. <laughs> Dom, Dominatrix I, I think, would be the plural. So it was also said that Merkins could also be used for, like, shows. Wearing oh, for, and like, like the theater. sex scenes and stuff. Like, so oh. you can actually still buy Merkins, and they still use them in show business. Uh-huh. Interesting. They actually Interesting. have a lot of funny products on Amazon if you look it up. You can get a lot of weird shit on Amazon. So but do the, you look what? up Merkin on Amazon? Or? You sure fucking can. Okay, <laughs> I'm doing that right now. What the purpose of it in, in show business, though? I mean, to, it, let's, uh, well, let's say you needed to change the color of pubic hair, or if you're right. trying to cover up better, you know. Right. If let's you're say having an actress is actually saved, or shaved down, or right. so on and so forth. So, right? so are these, I'm imagining more like... Like there's a pair of underwear with, with like a merkin covering on the front, so that mm-hmm. it still looks like they're nude, but they're actually fully covered. Well, maybe that's po- that's probably one possibility. Yeah. Another possibility cur- currently, I mean, like it would be like if you had somebody who was wearing fake facial hair, yeah. right? So it's going to have like a glue or something like that, um, because of course in modern times, being bare or very close to bear down there is very uh, popular, you know, and you have a lot of people who either personally don't prefer to have a lot of hair uh, down there or their partner prefers for you to not have hair down there. So I think there's a lot of possibilities as to why somebody might choose to wear a Merkin. I can see it in in terms of like the coverage aspect, if you have if you're doing a nude scene and just having a little bit of extra 
coverage. There's a hat. There's a, there's a hat on Amazon. A Merkin hat? This is hilarious. It's, no, it's a Trump hat. It says, make a yeah. Merkin great again. <laughs> there's literally, there's a shamrock shaped kitty carpet. Uh-huh. This is huh. what it, <laughs> Oh, God. It's a fucking Merkin. <laughs> so, you know, like if you have somebody who's really into the holidays. And you don't want to do that. You just, yeah. I guess so. Switch it out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and like, I'm looking at this stuff and, oh my God, a blowjob bib. What's a, it's literally a bib. I was looking at that feather thing that below it. What's that? This is literally a bib you can put on when you're giving a blowjob. Why do you need to wear that? I don't know. Who's giving that kind of? Pearl necklaces, duh. Yeah, yeah, I was just (laughs) saying, you don't like a pearl necklace? (laughs) Wear the blowjob This is... Or catch um, it in your hand. This is a Merkin. Oh, wow, that's a weird looking one. It's a pubic hair toupee. Okay, so... kind of like a skunk tail. That's exactly what I was thinking. Look at this guy. These are hilarious. This Merkin salesman, he has one on his face. Oh, my God. that's his actual beard. (laughs) (laughs) There is... That's impressive. Okay, so... Because I I feel like when we had originally... Who that thick? But, so, currently... I think a lot of women grow a bush that thick, but because it's become popular to wax it all off or shave it all off for a long time. I mean, like we're talking about a couple of decades that this has been a popular thing, like a Brazilian bikini wax or whatever. Yeah. Um, when you wax often enough, you stop growing so much hair. Your hair follicles just like die off basically. So I think that women who have never shaved or never waxed down there do have a pretty healthy hair growth in that department. What hormones play a role? Oh, yeah. I think so. I mean, so I feel like the hair that grows in the pubic area can be the same as any other hair on the body. Coarseness is going to be different if if it's, you know, finer coarse, if it's, if you have a lot or you have a little, Mm -hmm. maybe it's spotty and growth. I mean, I think it can totally vary. I mean, you know, I'm as a retired birth worker who's seen a whole lot more vag than the average person. Than the average. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Comes in all shapes and sizes. Yeah. Plus, I, you know, if you looked back, you know, in the 1970s when you had that kind of sexual revolution and a lot of nudity and a lot of hippies and stuff dancing naked and whatever, you see some pretty significant bush. That's like pretty full. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But generally, well, no, in my experience, I just have never. Now, of course, I have come up in the generation of of pretty like bare shaven. Mm-hmm. You know, most people, mm-hmm. um, or at least like highly trimmed. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never seen a bush that full, <laughs> like that thick. And I'm not surprised. Generationally, that makes sense. Yeah. And I, I mean, like I had, I knew somebody in my twenties, um, not a very nice person ultimately, but you know, where we had a flirtation, but he had a, a big problem with the fact that I was not fully bare down there. And he was like, well, you know, in order for me to get turned on, you have to get rid of everything. And I was like, but I'm not 12. And I don't like being completely bare down there. So if you don't like the fact that I'm not bare down there, this is not going to be a thing. I I heard that a lot from, you know, like 
dudes when I was in my late teens, early 20s expressed something similar. And I just, I, I always thought that was a little silly. Like, legitimately, I would hear from them, like, no, I won't hook up with a girl if they're, if they're not completely bare-shaven. Right. It's like... That's silly to me, like, but <clears throat> I, I think it has to do with being able to see the sex organs, honestly. I, I think some people think that it's sexy to be able to actually see the sex organs. Well, sure, there is an element of, uh, you know, seeing does help to heighten the arousal, right? right. I mean, that's the reason why porn is so popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there also is something to be said for there's a reason why it's there, mm-hmm. you know, and just like a penis, a vagina is self-cleaning, and the pubic hair plays a role mm-hmm. in keeping things out and helping to get stuff out. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, unlike... You know, it's TMI, but, like, there is stuff that comes out. Yeah. And it's got to go somewhere, so... Right. What is there for? I mean, it I don't... catch I, some of that. I, yeah. I, I don't mind it. I definitely prefer for there to be a little trim. Sure. Right? Like, nobody likes pubes in their mouth. <laughs> you don't want to floss with that pubic hair? I've definitely I, I, had that where I'm oh, like, yeah. that definitely got stuck in between my teeth. Oh, yeah. Or gross. you just, you come up for air and you're just like, <laughs> <laughs> you just, you just got a little fur ball, you know? Yeah. Um, nobody, nobody likes that. So a little, a little trim is fine. Sure. Nice. Definitely some, you know, some landscaping I think is, is, uh, courteous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Okay, so sure. back back then, it used to be considered attractive because if you had actual pubic hair, too, it meant that maybe you were able to groom yourself better, right? Oh, interesting. Ah. So, and I think it may, I don't know if it was back in, in the 60s and 70s of the 1900s as well. This is crazy to say. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we should ask a boomer, though, and see if, why in the 60s and 70s, like, bushes were so prevalent because that... I mean, I feel like that was pretty big. Yeah, 70s Bush. Yeah. For sure. You know? Yeah, there's a whole musical about it. Hair. It's about 70s Bush? It's definitely, like, because that musical came out in the late 60s or early 70s, something like that, and do not quote me on that, because I'm not 100% sure on, like, the timing of that one, but that musical is about hippies and the sexual revolution, and there's, uh. a, it, there's a lot of hair. Uh-huh. Um, so part that was part of it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. See, that's how much I don't like musicals because I don't even. What about musicals? <laughs> not familiar with it. I've at never all. actually seen that one, but <laughs> you said something about yeah. this is completely off topic. But I heard uh, this story from somebody about a guy that used to like pick his or like cut his toenails and then pick his teeth with his toenails. Ugh. <laughs> this is a fucking gross. Ew. <laughs> gross, gross, gross. Disgusting. That is that is in line with the dude who's picking his scabs and eating them. Oh my god. So yeah. Nasty. That That's is so, so gross. fucking gross. Body hygiene people. I mean, ugh, there's so much fungus. Like even if you have clean feet, you still have so much crap that's there. So the musical came out in 1967. Um, and it is about the observations of the hippie counterculture and sexual revolution of the late 1960s. Several of its songs became anthems of the anti-Vietnam War peace movement. Um, the musical is 
has a lot of profanity, depiction of the use of illegal drugs, treatment of sexuality, irreverence for the American flag, and nude scene caused much comment and controversy. But it broke new ground. It was a rock musical. Um, racially integrated cast. Um, yeah, and then it was audience participation um, in the final uh, in the final scene. So, hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Some guy, some guy made an iron merkin out of metal. Why? <laughs> How much does that weigh? I wonder. Oh, I don't know. It says uh, it says in the advertisement. Do you regret your Brazilian? In <laughs> 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 in the comments, some people are saying something about using hot glue. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you, could, you could probably go through a lot of those items and just read the reviews and. I mean, That's I it. did that with the squatty potty. Right. I, well, yeah, and, and I was like, dying. Best. people with the squatty potty, they use that as an opportunity for like their creative writing project. For sure. To, just to, to practice that. Hilarious. So funny. Hilarious. Well, okay, so I just found this. It's a shark survival kit for when it hits the fan. And, and then it says we're number one and number two. <laughs> Why do you need a shark survival kit? Like... Well, no, so I think that this is just a gag gift, but think about, like... For $50, I don't think so. Shit shorts. Right, <laughs> you know? but, like, I guess, okay, so I guess my question is, how often are you sharding, and oh. maybe is there another conversation you should be having with yourself well, about, like, what's happening in your body that you yeah. shart that regularly? Well, yeah, for sure, and then also, like, what's going on with your sphincter and your pelvic floor muscles, but oopsie poopsie diet. disposable undies. Hoopsie poopsie. That's what's well, in the so kit. that's I guess. I, I, okay, so I guess maybe if you're experiencing a bout of diarrhea and where you're like, it's questionable. <laughs> or like, I mean, because of course it's like older people on the oh, okay. right. So it's like it's, it's an adult. You diaper. know, you you fart. Yeah, it's an adult diaper. You fart and a little bit comes out. Yeah, older people do that, right? Sometimes they don't even they're not realize even aware that, they that they're farting as they're walking away from you. You know. <laughs> And so the Have shark you been experiencing anal leakage. Right. <laughs> Clean booty wipes using mud butt cleansing technology. Whatever. Uh, That's instructional crazy. care card. I sharted. Now what? <laughs> 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 because okay, I guess that's a, diff a different problem. Like if you don't know what to do, if you <laughs> if you shart yourself. Oh my god. They, this kit also has a shark survival badge. Proudly display your journey. <laughs> yes, that's something you want to advertise around work. I sharted. Oh my god, and it actually the little badge says, I survived a shark attack. <laughs> Hi, my name is Teddy, and I'm a sharder. <laughs> It's been 30 days since my last shark. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have to reset your counter every time? You accidentally. Yeah. Days without shark. Uh-huh. I fell off the wagon today. Yeah. Oh, my God. I thought Classy it was just going to be a fart, and then some poop came out. <laughs> shark week. She shirt. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, our, our queef week t-shirts would be really good. Yeah. Queef week. That is hilarious. Queef week. Oh my god. Yummy semen mints. Come have a taste. 
Ew. Ew. Are they <laughs> are they salt flavored? <laughs> Ew! Oh God! I don't know. Let's see. No, they're wintergreen. Surprisingly, pineapple. I'm not sure that I would enjoy Gross. wintergreen yeah, there you go. flavored <laughs> semen. Either. Throw a little bromelain in there. Ew! Gross! <laughs> gross! 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 No, thank you. I don't need to have mints to taste. I like I have never had the pineapple thing work on anybody. Have you Have you tried it? Oh yeah. And, like, how much pineapple did you have them eat to try and change it? Uh, I didn't make them eat any certain amount. I said, hey, if we're going to get together later, why don't you try eating some pineapple? Because I heard that makes your cum taste, like, sweeter or whatever. And they were like, okay, sounds good. Whether they did that or not, I don't actually know. Well, so then I, I feel like that's not really a reliable if they No, it's control. not. But... Uh, you know, because, of course, lots of people have heard that. If you eat certain foods, it changes the flavor. Right. You can whatever. also just I... straight up take a bromelain supplement. Because oh. that's, that's the active ingredient in pineapples right. that hmm. that does that. I feel like it has to be a consistent eating pineapple over time. Yes. That's no, what like, I would think, too. And then, like, so how much consistent. pineapple? Are we, are we talking, like, a pineapple a day? Are we talking about a few slices? Are we mm. taking a couple right, of like chunks? How much pineapple do you actually I'm sure eat? it just has to be probably in your diet. Where Regularly. it's going, yes. I don't think it has to be a whole pineapple. I feel like maybe we should pull like Hawaiians or something. Like, what does the semen taste like <laughs> of, uh, of generally Islanders? I feel like at least I, I'm pretty sure the spam is offsetting whatever <laughs> amount of fruit intake. Perhaps the the spunk that I've tasted, I've never had funky spunk ever. I have never experienced funky spunk. Funky sp spunk is such but, a... But here's the thing. <laughs> Semen really just has a very distinct smell It does. It totally it does. Anyway, and I was just going to so say... how do you know if it's funky no, or not? I was just going to say, I've never experienced funky spunk, but I feel like there ha there's not a whole lot of variance across... The spunks that that I've experienced, anyway, it's all Can been you stop saying spunk. <laughs> pretty much the same. <laughs> what would be a what better? Would you, you, know, you could probably just say cum, and it would probably be better. <laughs> Give me that spunk, baby. <laughs> <laughs> there are uh. some people who probably are saying that. Whoa. Give me all of your spunk. Yikes! It's like the word cream. Like, like a cream pie. Yeah, it's pretty. That's pretty dirty. Pretty nasty. I think that's where I draw the line. A cream pie? Yeah, so, okay, so, uh, separate from Merkins, Cumbrellas, I don't have a lot of information on Cumbrellas. I just had a friend telling me about Cumbrellas and what they are. So, pretty much, women back in the day would wear fake eyelashes if they were, like, prostitutes or something. So, cum wouldn't get in their eyes, basically. <laughs> Who is splooging in their face? Like, when, why the are move they... from spunk to splooge? <laughs> splooge is a bit better. I don't understand why splooge is better than spunk. I don't I guess know. that's maybe a whole podcast on its own. It's like, what are the Sp what are all spunk of the names Spunk makes it sound, for? like, smelly, kind of. It makes it sound dirty. Especially when you're pairing it together with the word funk. <laughs> Well, okay, so Funky Spunk, though, that comes from an episode of Sex in the City where Samantha was hooking up with a guy who, um, who played that? Bobby, Bobby Cannaval played the character that had the Funky Spunk, where she was like, I'll tell you what, if you try it and you don't have a problem with it, then I won't have a problem with it. 
And she tried to get him to do like wheatgrass shots and like all this stuff to make a spunk taste better. And he was like, I guess I'll try it because he wanted her to swallow. So he tried it and you can see on his face that he's like, oh my God, that's so bad. But he's like, I'm good with it just to get her to be willing to swallow. (laughs) Oh my God. Kind of thing. I've seen Sex in the City enough times that I know that much detail. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> so I, I think that's I do where feel funky like that's spunk a pretty, comes from. Pretty fair deal, though. If you can taste it and like not think that it's fucking atrocious, then yeah. But I feel but like, like, are you willing to taste your own jizz? Have I mean, like, have your partners not tasted, tasted their, their own jizz? jizz? I don't know. I've never uh, tasted my own jizz. So not intentionally. Have you never gone down on your partner after coming? No, because that's fucking disgusting. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, here's the reason I ask you, okay, because yeah, like, trying she, to think. she had this episode that, so like in the show Succession, for example, right, there is a scene where they're at this like orgy party and it's a bachelor party and the guy who's getting married, um has gotten kind of a hall pass from his fiance, sort of. And so he is making out with a girl at this party. She goes down on him and then kisses him and puts the semen into his mouth and he swallows it. That's called snowballing. Okay. I did not know that. But then he goes around and he's like bragging to his buddies that this just happened because he's so excited that he's hooked up with this other girl. And they're all, every one of them is like, Great, gross, awesome, (laughs) and everyone. And he's like, "What? You haven't done it?" And they're all like, "Sure, buddy." You know, like, "Ew, gross," is what they're really saying. So, is that like a? I think it's a thing to each their own thing because um, I don't love making out with Vic after he has been down there. Um, So that's not my favorite thing. Like, it's not something that I personally enjoy. But I know that there are some people who don't have a problem making out with their partners after. Now, well, here's what's funny about it. If I if I go down, I don't have a problem kissing him, but only if he didn't come yet. Like, if I'm just, like, playing down there, uh-huh. but he hasn't actually finished... That's different. I'll make out with him, but if he has finished and it's been in my mouth, I probably would go and, like, you know, mouthwash or freshen up nope, or whatever. Nope, hate that. I had a partner that did that, <laughs> and... That makes, as as a man, that makes you feel very unattractive. At least it did for me. Huh. Okay, I had a partner that did that. If I finished in her mouth, she would go spit it out, brush her teeth, and then come back. And her, and for her, it was the same kind of, disc- well, I don't want you to have to taste it. And I'm like, nope, hate that. I don't want you to go brush your teeth. Huh. That makes me feel very bad. Why? Interesting. Why does it make because you feel what bad? that because what that makes you think is is oh you must think I'm gross mm. Mm. if you're I... going to spit it out and brush your teeth after that must that must make that must mean that like it tastes gross somehow. or that I'm gross mm-hmm. and so it made me feel very unattractive interesting because it definitely was not coming at it from that place I was coming at it from the place of I would m- I want to make out with you some more I would but I don't want rather... you to have to for me, it's not thinking that Vic is gross or that his jizz is gross or anything like that. It 
it was more of a courtesy kind of thing. Like, I will go clean my mouth because I want to make out with you some more. But I don't want you... So, the double standard... Because I didn't want there to be a double standard either. I have an expectation. Like, I don't want to make out with you after you have been down on me. Um, I don't need that. My juice is in my own mouth. Like, I'm good. Um, So, by all means, go give it a rinse. You don't have to fully brush your teeth, but at least rinse your mouth out. Even with water, just give it a rinse. So, on the flip side of that, please don't expect that... I mean, whatever, if that's what you're into and you're comfortable. So I guess it's it's person to person, like couple to couple. Sure. Personally, I much prefer to just stay in the moment and, hey, you're done? Cool. Get up here and make out with me. See, I understand that, like, wanting to stay in the moment, like it being a turnoff, your partner leaving the room. Sure. Because it is kind of like shutting down that emotion, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you're feeling all hot and heavy and then... Somebody just leaves the fucking room. Right, right. It's, like, just distracting, and it, like, just cuts into it. Yeah. yeah. It takes you out of the moment, right. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I get that. Um, well, and I suppose being married, because, I mean, we've been married now for almost 12 years. It'll be 12 years in April, and so I feel like it's a little different. Like, your sexual relationship changes when you've been married to somebody for a long time versus yeah. when you're still dating or, you know, whatever. Well, and here's the thing. I can see where you're coming from you know if you're with a partner that maybe it's newer you're still exploring one another it's like honeymoon phase you know um and that's where you're coming from in terms of how you're feeling about it to me that would be like um there's some insecurity instability because it's newer whereas yeah when you're with somebody for a long time you kind of have talked through all that Mm -hmm. stuff where yeah. you're like, there's not a whole lot that Vic and I aren't willing to say to each other in terms of this is what I like. Please do this. Don't yeah. do that. You know, where the, the, um, there's not so much there. The insecurity has been taken out of it because we've been together for such a long time. We've established so much comfort and safety in our sexual relationship with mm-hmm. each other that it's very easy for us to say, Hey, do you want to try this? Are you open to doing this? You know, that kind of thing. But the communication yeah. there is the key. Yeah. With well, that. and it's always hard to know, you know, because her intention may have been more this, right? Which is, I don't want you to have to taste your own, right? right? And, and like, when I noticed it happening, I noticed pretty quickly, right? Yeah. Um, I addressed it very quickly. I was mm-hmm. like, hey, why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. I don't really like that you're doing that. This is why I don't like that you're doing that. And then she gave her explanation of why. And I was like, well, if that's the case, I don't need you to do that because I would much prefer this instead. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I think from that point on, you know, she stopped doing yeah. it because she realized that it was actually hurting me yeah. to continue. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so I think I think that if it was actually a, hey, this grosses me out, then probably turns into more of a well then I don't finish in your mouth because then it takes it takes that variable out of the equation altogether. Right. Yeah. Um yeah. Well, and I think it's good that you were able to have a conversation about it because I I it wasn't really until I met Vic that I felt comfortable having those kinds of conversations. Yeah. Um 
with with sexual partners, you know, where some of it was just my own insecurity, some lack of confidence. Um, some of it was feeling like, oh, this person's not going to like me if I'm not just doing whatever they want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it wasn't until I was able to kind of find my way for myself where I was able to go, you know what, I really don't like that. So, but Vic was the first person I felt safe enough and comfortable enough to be able to express myself in that way and go, this is what I like and this is what I don't like. Please don't do that. Please do do this. Yeah. I think communication in your sexual expeditions is kind of a big thing, too. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't really communicate that much, but, you know, I'm sure there's a taboo to it just I mean I know there's a taboo to communication and stuff like that some people more open than others I know it certain times people communicating with me have made me feel like I'm not doing a good enough job Mm. you know um confrontation is hard yeah well and you know you gotta learn to be like okay but they actually are meaning like do it differently but if you're gonna if you're gonna say don't do that, tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So I know where to go, what spots to hit, what you are actually needing and, yeah. and wanting. Right. And yeah. It, it, it so, can be very difficult not to take things personally. Sure. You know, yeah. Well, especially well, in the moment. And that is a lot of the reason why, like in my past relationships, I didn't say anything mm-hmm. because I don't want to hurt the person's feelings. And at the same time, you know, it's like. When you feel insecure, like, oh, well, he might not like me anymore if I tell him that that's not working for me. You just kind of, go no along. pun intended, clam up. Well, you, you, know, <laughs> you, go, you go along to get along. And, I, and right. I think that that is, I can't speak for men's experience, but I think that that's an experience a lot of times that women find themselves in, where they just go along to get along. Yeah. Because there's like, oh, well, what if he doesn't like me if I... If I don't do that, yeah, kind of thing, oftentimes to our own detriment, because well, yeah. where I was feeling insecure, it just made me feel that much more insecure and also dissatisfied with the sexual experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where you walk away from going, well, I don't even know what I like because, mm-hmm. yeah, because I've just been seceding this whole time, yeah, to whatever my partner right. enjoys, yeah, yeah, and then and then probably faking it too. You know, just to be done with it so that you mm-hmm. can move on. Which is right. also a very hurtful thing to do. Yeah. And super dissatisfying for the person yeah. who has to fake it. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So definitely, there. I feel like in, t- in terms of, like, communication, I don't think it's helpful to just be like, don't do that. No, because it, I think it that it's the fact. way that you say it. It's, it, the, it's absolutely, I really like it when you do this. Right. You uh-huh. know, that feels really good when you do this kind of thing. And so you kind of encourage in a very positive, like you keep it on the positive side of things. Um, you know, if you're looking to when give you, somebody when you direction. you operant conditioning for something, right. you, you tend to get uh, some pretty good results. Uh-huh. <laughs> Throw in a little positive reinforcement. Hey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right. You get a little bit more of what you want when you... Gold star, buddy. (laughs) Or or even specifically, like, placing, you know, like, this is where I like your hand to be. 
kind of thing or this kind of pressure is really good or whatever, you know, and so that you're giving some of that feedback in that way because women and men can be too rough, right? So it's Mm -hmm. helpful to go, you know what, that you're pulling too hard or, you know, your hand is too tight or that's too much pressure on the clit or whatever it is. You know, because like that tissue is really sensitive. And right. So it's mm-hmm. helpful to have those kinds of specifics. But of course, you have to have the kind of relationship where you can both feel comfortable enough to say those kinds of things to each other. Okay, so okay, we're shifting so gear slightly. Well, so well, it's a, it's a slight shift because we're what we we're talking about is right sexual partner stuff and whatever with a slight shift into kind of dating culture. And one of the things that we that kind of brought us into this one. I think that was initially suggested is should men always be the one to pay for dates? Right. So I I heard a story about basically a a woman being upset because, or maybe it was the man, I've heard multiple stories, a woman being upset because her boyfriend doesn't pay for all of her stuff, or um, a, a guy... I don't know, asking for certain things to be paid for for this or that, right? I I don't know. It's, um, we'll go, let's just go with whatever. Well, so, okay, so, because I think it's person-dependent. When Vic and I started dating, um, we made similar amounts of money. Um, the first few dates that we went on, he paid. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I did not argue. Um, however, shortly after that was only because our relationship kind of started, we were friends first. And so then once we started dating, he paid uh, and then it was only a few weeks into our relationship where then I started paying where like maybe he'd get dinner, but I'd get drinks or he'd buy the movie tickets and I'd buy the snacks, um, kind of thing where then we started kind of splitting But I went into our relationship knowing that what I was looking for was a partner, Mm -hmm. not, um, not necessarily a provider provider. Right. So, um, and we provide for each other in different ways, but that was how we set our relationship up to begin with. Um, so, which I think is a very healthy way to think about it. Um, works for us. Not that there are not other healthy ways to think about it. Um, that generally is kind of the approach that I take personally in dating. Um, you know, and I, I, I do feel like sometimes it can be kind of toxic when there's this expectation of uh, you're going to pay for this. Mm-hmm. If you don't pay for it, then you don't get anything from me. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, like, like it is very transactional. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that that does not feel well, and that's very the balanced. toxic part, right? right? Is that if you don't do this, so then this, you don't get this. It's the expectation. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I do um, think I mean, there's a healthy way to still like if you both are on the same page from the start that you are going into it with the expectation that, for example, the man is going to be the provider and the woman is going to be the caretaker. You already have a, an agreement that that's what it's going to be about. Mm-hmm. It's unhealthy when it's a this is just assumed and there isn't discussion. So like I have clients that are stay at home moms 
maybe they had careers before they got married, but then they got married, their husband makes a lot of money, they don't need to work. So the contract that they've entered into is he's the breadwinner, the provider, she's the caretaker. But there are, even though they have a contract, oftentimes there's anxiety and there's self-worth issues attached to it because societally, we still look at it like women aren't really contributing if they're not working. And the reality is, is that when you're caretaking, raising the kids and taking care of the house, that's a full-time job. Mm -hmm. And so there's nothing wrong with having that agreement as long as it's an agreement. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, but coming back to just starting dating, okay, if let's say a woman asks you or says to you, I'll get the next one. Thanks for dinner. I'll get the next one. Okay. Then the man comes back. They have another date. And he's like, okay, you're, you're buying this time, right? And she's flabbergasted because she's expecting you to pay. Right. Her excuse is, I did all this work to get all done up to come out to dinner. You should be paying. No, I'm sorry. No. Nope. No, nope, because she Hard opened pass. the door. She said, thanks for dinner. I'll get the next one. She mm-hmm. already opened the door for that one. No, I. there are some people who expect that they are going to be taken care of. Sure. Right? Where, um, and have that very traditional view of men pay. Um, and I know, I think one of the things um, that Teddy and I had talked about was, uh, or I can't remember who, what, depends on who does the asking, or maybe Vic and I were talking about that, but it depends on who is doing the asking out. Um, so, and even with that, I'm like, mm, not necessarily because I'm an extrovert, Vic's an introvert, you know? And so when we first started dating, he might be like, oh, let's go pick up some food at the grocery store and eat at home. Whereas I might go, no, let's go out to dinner and let's go see a movie or whatever. And so it's not fair for that to always fall on one person if you have different personality types. So you think it should, if the, if the person that's asking, the asker, should be the payer? Not necessarily. I think that there should be some balance. I'd, and I do think potentially that finances should be taken into account. I did think it was really nice when Vic and I first started dating for the first couple of dates, he paid. Mm-hmm. Um, that felt really nice. Mm-hmm. But I've also been taking care of myself for a long time. I moved out of mom and dad's at 18. And so I'm mean, like, I started taking care of myself a long time ago. I think two responsible working adults should be splitting it half and half. I do think that a lot more people are doing that where either they're going Dutch or they do the, you got it this time, I got it next time. Or they're going based on percentages. Most most first dates that I go on at this point, as the only single person in the room, um, it it tends to fall more on the, hey, let's split. Yeah. Uh, because I think most people kind of understand that at this point. It, 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 it's, it's no longer really, we're not relying on those gender roles of the man pays for everything all the time. Uh, especially when you're dating intentionally to find a partner. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, most first dates that I go on, it ends up getting split. There are some where I 
will end up taking it. I've had some where, you know, the, the woman pays for it. Mm. Um, you know, and, and just societally, yeah, I, I, I look at that and I go, oh, that was kind of weird. But that's just because society has told me that that's weird, weird. Mm-hmm. Right? based on what it has been historically. Mm-hmm. Um, now, granted, most first dates that I go on are for, like, coffee or uh, for drinks. Um, you know, I've kind of taken myself out of the world of going for dinner or something, you know, more committed like that uh, because it can be kind of awkward. First dates are awkward enough, um, you know, going for something that's a little lower pressure, like grabbing a drink or even just midday coffee is so much less, uh, less pressure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a lot easier to say like, Hey, let me, I'll pick up this round. They get the next round. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you just kind of alternate like that or, or, you know, however you want to set it up. Uh, but I, I find that most most women are pretty agreeable on that kind of arrangement. Yeah, um, and yeah. it kind of goes without being said. You know, like it, it, it it's just kind of an unspoken agreement. Like, oh, I'm going up to the bar. I'll get you a drink. Yeah. What are you drinking? Um, and then they do the the same thing the next time. Yeah. Well, and I think it's going to be regional too, because you know, in the South, you might have where. Uh, you might have more of that traditional yeah. gender roles, so that you know, where the man courts the woman, um, and so the man is paying for this, that, and the other thing for the. But you also have that um, the man is the breadwinner, winner, and the woman is the caretaker and the homemaker. And um, I want to be very clear: women who stay at home with their children are working very hard. They're just not receiving a paycheck for it, right? Um, so that I think is something, and I have a lot of families and I've noticed too, there's a trend where more and more women are choosing to stay at home where they're actively making the choice and enjoying it. And I myself have said that, um, because Vic and I still, we're pretty balanced. We've had, we've had some kind of teeter tottering in terms of our, um, income levels where sometimes I make more and sometimes he makes more. And right now we're pretty balanced. But if we were in a position where I could back off a little bit, um, and do more of like the homemaking, I, I totally would be open to that. Hmm. I feel like in these Southern States, you know, uh, your cousin or your sister might be willing to split the check a little bit more. <laughs> I think one thing to keep in mind is that it's also generational. Yeah, totally. You know, so like because you're younger and because more women are being modeled the behavior of women are working, they're in the work- workforce, they're earning their own money, they're more independent. Uh that's what they're bringing to the table is I'm independent and I can pay for my own things and I don't mind splitting the check. I'm on the tail end of the generation of it's the man who's the breadwinner and Mm -hmm. they provide and the woman takes care um, of the family and Mm -hmm. stays home. And, you know, so even though that wasn't what I chose, but I was kind of in the same boat as uh, Alyssa where it was like, I left home and I got a job and I started working and I've been working ever since. And I wasn't in a serious enough relationship often enough to do anything but be independent. Right. 
I couldn't rely on a man. I couldn't be taken care of. I had to just figure it out. Yeah. You know? So then when I did start dating more seriously, it was like, well, listen, I'm not looking for somebody that's going to just take care of me. Yeah. I'm too independent for that. (laughs) So, uh, you know, you have to be willing to accept the fact that I'm going to probably bring 50% to the table. And Mm -hmm. if you can't handle that, then I'm not the right person for you. Right. So... But I do think that there are a lot of women that are my age and a little bit older than me that still are in that more traditional gender role of being the stay-at-home mom. I, well, but on the flip side, I think because, like, kind of what you were describing, the woman who was like, but I, I, I got all dressed up and I, I put my face on and I did my hair and I got, whatever. Um, I think that there is quite a few women in the younger generations that have that attitude that of entitlement um, that because look at what I'm doing for you. And it's like, you're not doing that for anybody except yourself. Yeah. And if that's your thing, you want to get yourself all dolled up, knock yourself out more power to you. If that's your thing, but you're not doing that for anybody except you Yeah. Right. and you don't get paid for that unless you do, unless that's your job. You know, you whatever, you're an influencer or whatever, and so that's literally your job, in which case you're getting paid for that. However, if you're trying to enter into a romantic relationship with somebody and you think that getting all dolled up earns you dinner, that's not how that works. Right. And so you've got mental health issues even, if you think that's what I've even how seen that stories works. of women who feel so entitled to while they're getting dressed up and and like that's supposed to be something that serves the man that they're going on a date with that that man then should be uh providing uh monetary like compensation for the babysitter that that the woman has gotten for her kids what? No. Or, or you bring a meal for my kids to eat, and then what? we can go out no. together. Yeah. Oh, no. No. Yeah. no your no, kids, no. your responsibility. Yeah. Unless Absolutely. we get further along in this thing. Right. But even with that, those kids came from somewhere. They've got a second parent right. somewhere. Right. That's their responsibility and your responsibility to make your sh- make sure your children's needs are being met. It is not the responsibility of the person you're going on a date with. If I was going to pick up a woman for a first date, now this does not happen very often. This it, Normally we would meet somewhere, right? But if I was going to pick up a woman for a first date and she said, do you have money for me to pay the babysitter? I would say, you can get out. You can get out of the car. We don't have to go on this date. Um, you can go take care of your kids. That mm-hmm. is not my responsibility. And that immediately for me is a, this person and I are not compatible. Right. Deal breaker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. I, I haven't even, I've never even heard of that. Some serious entitlement. For real. Oh my yeah. God. And like, where do you have to be at in your own mental health and like self-awareness to even think that that's appropriate well and here's the fucking thing delusional is what if you okay so like let's do some evaluation here if you're going on a first date and you're expecting for your first date to pay the babysitter there's a reason why you're divorced uh-huh there's a reason why you have to pay a sitter there, in order to go out on single. a date. That's assuming that that person was married in the well, first place. well yes okay <laughs> but like there's a reason why that relationship didn't work out uh-huh. and it's 
probably a lot to do with your attitude as opposed to your ex-partner's attitude. Mm -hmm. Like, hello? That's crazy. And even even the situation you're describing of the woman being like, no, why should I pay? I got all dressed up and blah, 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 blah. That's crazy to me. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like, what is wrong with you? You should not be dating. Like, if that's if that's the attitude that you're having, you need to do some self-work before you start trying to get into a relationship with well, somebody. So, but then there's the, the reverse expectation of, hey, am I getting some pussy tonight? If not, here's the check. Right. right. Also bullshit. Because that's a yeah. different transaction also altogether. Bullshit. But also bullshit. In I mean, which no case, one... you should not be going on dates. You should be swiping to find the person who is also just looking to hook up. Yeah. Just find somebody who's down to fuck. Yeah. And leave it at that. Is that a thing? <laughs> to somebody who's just down to fuck? I Apparently. think that's a thing. Oh, it's a thing. I'm <laughs> pretty sure that's a thing. Isn't that the whole reason why Tinder existed in the first place? Was right. to meet up with right. other Wasn't people that who were down to fuck? Wasn't really hookup culture. Like, that's... Right. Hookup culture. Hookup culture. Right. That's a thing. Yeah, and that's down we've the had fuck this is a thing. I know we had this We're evolution. In of, fact, I think that was like something people put in their profiles. Like yeah, DTF. Yes. Right. Hmm. Well, and so we've had this evolution of online dating sites, right? Where before we had um, uh, eHarmony, which was like the serious one. If you were serious about being finding a boyfriend or girlfriend or being in a relationship, you went on eHarmony. And Match.com was the one that was like just looking to, for casual dating or casual sex or whatever, and then Match kind of got more serious, and Chemistry.com was the one. How sad is it that these are the over, these are the OG, and I know exactly what they are <laughs> and what they were for at the time. Well, these were those were the ones that we were using because that was what was right, out that there. That was what one was out my, there. One of and my then, teachers in high school met her husband through one of those. Yeah. It was either eHarmony or Match. Yeah. We, uh, yeah, I know several people that met on yeah. eHarmony and Match.com. Mm-hmm. And now I think those are even still the ones that are more they're, for more serious. They're all garbage because I've all I've done them all, and they're all fucking garbage. They're all fucking garbage. Oh yeah, because of course there are going to be people that are going to sign up and they're going to pay because that was a difference too, right? Is you could get some free stuff on Match, but if you were serious, you were paying. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's why you were on eHarmony. Yeah, and so but... because you were paying the subscription, most people assumed that you must be serious. But there were still people that were paying that really just wanted to hook up. They were just yeah. looking to date yeah. around. But dating online sucked. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure it still sucks now. There's the occasional person that you link up with, and the rest is just bullshit. Well, it's because the people reality ghosting is people, people you still bullshitting. Have to figure out if you're compatible in real life. Right. It's all fine and good for them to do that if these... you don't show up the first time. Well, right? there is that. Yeah. So. But, you know, that happened. That happened before dating sites, yeah, too, totally. where you might be set up on a blind date and the person just doesn't show, or yeah. they, you or know, they, they walk in, they see you, up, and or, then they leave. Yeah, or you walk in and you're like, yeah, no, <laughs> nope. I'm not staying. That is, yeah. that is the worst. I've never done that. I've never, but walking yeah. in, seeing the person and going, you don't look anything like your photos, fucking sucks. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like, why are people misrepresenting themselves so often? Like, using right. photos that are old, where they look different, or, yeah. like, where they're thinner, or uh, just generally look different than they do now. Yeah. What the fuck? Why are you misrepresenting yourself so right. drastically? Right. Where I'm walking in, and I don't even recognize you. Right. Like, if I no, walked in, I would, I'd be, like, looking around going, where is this person? Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah, that's not good. Because, I mean, because that's just... The, 
you're setting up a potential relationship based on dishonesty from the right. beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And what is the point of that? Yeah. If you if if you're just looking to date around or you're down to fuck, okay, fine, whatever, because you're not looking for anything serious. But if you're like literally legitimately looking for a life partner, that's probably the wrong way to start. Yeah. I had there was a guy that I because I definitely in my 20s I tried all the I tried eHarmony I and I paid I mean like I tried Match.com I tried Chemistry I never went on Plenty of Fish I don't think I've never, never went on there plenty, of plenty of Fish is for dirty butts <laughs> dirty but, the, but that was one of those ones where like, it's for like butts, chemistry right? like, started to kind of chemistry.com started to kind of get a little bit more where it was like eHarmony's up here right and you had this pyramid of like online dating sites and eHarmony was at the top and then match was slightly lower than them and chemistry was slightly lower than match and then plenty of fish was like a little bit further down that was the one that was like for casual hookups and that kind of thing so I'm not sure I ever went on there but I know people who went on there um, and met their spouses or whatever through plenty of fish randomly but there was a guy who Isn't that where you met your ex-wife plenty of fish i don't know plenty of fish is like your down syndrome but brother <laughs> <laughs> can we say that <laughs> might need to bleep that one out um but i met a guy who in his photos so good looking he looked like steven dorf do you know Stephen Dorff yeah, is? Uh-huh. I mean, very sexy. Like, in his... I was like, holy crap, that guy looks like Stephen Dorff. Like, body type, everything. It probably was Stephen Dorff. And <laughs> very funny. Like, he was a really funny guy. Like, we hit it off. Like, we chatted back and forth. A very good ban- bantering. Flirting was really good and whatever. And so I was super excited to actually go out with him. Because up to that point, the chemistry was there. Well, so this guy, we made made plans, whatever, um, and he shows up at my door, no joke, this guy's like 100 pounds heavier than in his photos. He looked nothing like his photos, where I'm like, did you, like, take a photo of Steven Dorff and use that as your profile pic? That's what I'm saying. Um, Steven Dorff's photo, not Steven Dorff. Similar face shape but also he had piercings on his face which Stephen were not Hawking. in his photos and i will say having worked in the service industry for such a long time i mean like the date was fine enough except and, like you guys know as much as i talk this guy talks more than me i could not get a word in edgewise it was oh, like sounds horrible <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so, but here was the other thing. So, I mean, like, we went to, we went to a decent restaurant. Um, we split, so it wasn't even, I mean, like, our bill for the two of us was, like, 50 bucks at, like, a, like, a nice restaurant or whatever. Um, he offered to pay. That was nice. I ended up leaving an extra tip because this is a huge faux pas. Like, fucking tip. If you cannot afford to tip, you should not be going out to restaurants where servers make $2 to $8 an hour 100%. for working, depending on where they're living. So yeah. he tipped 10%. It is a huge turnoff immediately. I was like, this is not somebody, no matter how much chemistry we have, this is not somebody that I want to go out with again because you obviously, I work in the service industry. Yeah. Yeah. You don't value how hard those people are working. Yeah. If you're not tipping appropriately or the way that you treat your wait staff in the first place are huge, huge, like... Red flag. Uh, um, yeah, big time. Yeah, like character markers. Yeah, yeah for sure. 
I actually, I was on a second date with a guy and we had gone, our first date was in a bar, just getting a drink. And then the second date, he picked me up and we went to a restaurant and he was so rude to the server and didn't tip well. And as I walked away from that date and I was like, I will never go out with this person again because if you are willing to treat a human being out in public who you do not know that is waiting on you like garbage, how are you going to treat your children? Right. And that was what I was looking at was like, I had a very young child at the time and I was like, if this guy is treating our ser- our server like that, right. how's he going to treat my kid Right. when she does something that he doesn't like? Yep. Just be decent people. Right. Well, that's exactly it. Like, just be decent. Like, those... Because a lot of the people... Like, people who clean the bathroom, you know, at... Like, if you're... um, There's no excuse. Like, treating somebody who cleans the bathroom at the mall like garbage, do you think they want to do that job? That's the job that they were able to get. And you don't know what their circumstances are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not like they were like, my life goal is to clean the bathroom at the mall. Right. That person person doesn't inherently have any less value as a person than you do just because you hold a higher status. Yep. And I mean, like, sure, maybe you're having a bad day. And so maybe, maybe it's unintentional, you being snippy with somebody. But, you know, check yourself. Um, and if you are, apologize. Um, and because it speaks very highly to the kind of person you are in your character, how you are willing to treat people who work in service industries. Mm-hmm. Now, all that to say, the last several years have catapulted us into this age of like, who do you tip and who do you not tip? You know, and like, should you feel guilty for not tipping at Starbucks? No. no. And you, I'm sorry, right? but you're not going to get tipped if I've ordered food and I'm coming in to pick it up for myself. Yeah. Period. Plain and simple. If you want tipped, do something more. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not coming to sit down and eat. I didn't order delivery. Now, if you're not tipping delivery drivers, don't order food in. Yeah. Right. Plain yeah. and simple. T- yeah. Tipping culture is is definitely getting out of hand. It's, yeah. it's pretty fucking Yeah. Crazy. Well, every single... POS is asking <laughs> yes. for you to tip, and, and that it's like is the no. problem. But here's Just the other thing: asking doesn't mean you should actually be expecting that that's right. going to happen. Well, and so, but here's where it gets really uncomfortable for me: is that the whoever's checking me out will say, "Would you like to leave a tip for the staff?" Where I'm like. Because if it's on the POS system, I can just put no. Yeah. Right. I don't have to. I don't have to say to your face, right. no. I don't want to tip you for putting bagels in a bag for me. Right. You know. So in that situation, it makes you feel very it, I do feel a lot of pressure, and then I feel like, sure, go ahead and throw an extra dollar on there for putting bagels in a bag. Mm-hmm. When yeah. you're already making an hourly wage. How about feeling like a piece of shit for not donating to whatever charity they're asking money for? I never donate <laughs> no, to those. I never, I never so, donate to those charities. I never do that a lot either. of times, sure. because that money is not going to what you think it's going That's to. That, right. And here's the other reason why: because what those companies are using that as, uh, they're using it as an excuse for them to write off a major portion of their sure. taxes. So mm-hmm. fuck that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I want to donate to that charity, I'm going to do it on my own, mm-hmm. not through Kroger. Right. I I, always, no. I I round up for the Ronald McDonald House, but that's because I've stayed in the Ronald, Ronald McDonald House. You've actually had personal experience with it. That makes so. sense, you yeah. know? And when I go through, not that I do that 
anymore at all. But if I go through the McDonald's drive-thru, I'll throw my change in the box. Yeah. You know, because that's a valuable service that they're providing. But yeah, a lot of the charities, that money is going to line the pockets of the CEOs. Mm-hmm. It is not going to the people who are actually in need. So right. yeah. I gave a girl 20 bucks one time and she was pissed because that's all I gave her. Seriously? Yeah. Okay, so... Again, entitlement. I'm going to loop that back to our discussion about dating culture because a couple people were having a conversation at work the other day. The same gay black dude that I was talking about a couple weeks ago, he comes in and he's like... The thought music? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Always thinking. (laughs) So he's talking about he had been talking to this guy or whatever and uh he was in detroit for a funeral or something and he talked to his his friend his partner whatever whoever it was this guy that he was dating and asked him for something for for some money and the guy sent him 40 bucks that he he asked him specifically for gas money hey can you send me some gas money so the guy sent him 40 bucks so he was mad that he only sent him 40 bucks that's a tank of gas and that was that was a red flag to him because he was like well i was also hungry i was like so as he's telling the story i was like but did you tell him that you wanted money for gas and food or did you tell him that you wanted money for gas he's like well i said i wanted gas money Okay, forty bucks is enough to fill up your gas tank. Right. So what are you mad about? Depending I mean, on what even car if you it's have. not, right, you're gonna at least get half a tank, probably. He was yeah. he was like, Well, I wanted sixty. I was like, then fucking say that. Right, ask, right. Communicate. ask for sixty. So now you're breaking it off with this person because they did not give you as much money as you wanted them to give you. He's not it's not his responsibility. To give you that money. He doesn't right. have to do that. Right. Be grateful that um, he sent you the 40, spend 30 on gas, and spend 10 on food if I, you really need both. I had, to, I had to remove myself from the conversation because because we were not going to see eye to eye on this. Sure. Um, and Sassy black bitches. <laughs> I mean, for real, These though. Sassy bitches in general. Yeah, because literally, if I, if somebody said to me, send me gas money, I'd be like, for what? And so he. You better he, be asking I, me I'd nicely. Going, right. First of all, did you want to change your tone of voice yeah. there, dude? Second of all, get a fucking job. So he continued to express why he was frustrated with this. He was like, well, he had just bought, a, uh, bought an ounce of weed, so I know he had money. It's like. So what? And what Not after choose... buying the ounce of weed. So what? Also, so what if he had money? So what if he had just money. gotten paid? What he chooses exactly. to do with his money is up to him. Exactly. He's not. You're not entitled to his money. Um. And so he was like, "I'm not going to be talking to him anymore because because he he didn't give me enough money for gas. No <laughs> wonder you are single. Uh, at fifty something years old." If you oh are going around feeling entitled. This dude is in his 50s? Yes. And still feeling that way? Yes. No, I feel like uh, the dude who sent him the 40 bucks dodged a bullet. 100%. Big time. Yeah. He got off That cheap. is crazy to me. Um, like, no fucking way. If somebody is coming to me and, and asking me to, like, I will help you out. If you need me to help you out, cool. 
Like, no problem. I'll send you a little bit of money. But but if you come back to me and say, well, you didn't give me enough. I, yep, nope, well, one, I I'm never, never going to give that nope. person money again. Um, and I'm probably just cutting ties with them entirely. Cool. That's also when you say, okay, well, give it back. Yeah. <laughs> right. Give the money back. I'll take right? it back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, we can consider that a loan and we can pay it back. People, yeah. People need to understand people work hard for their money. Mm-hmm. It's not like. Well, most people work hard for their money. Some people get their money given to them. But <clears throat> I work for hard for my money, so I'm yeah. not just going to give it to you unless I feel like you deserve it, right? Right. Or unless you are offering some sort of other type of service yeah. in return. There has to be a benefit. Right. So. And, it's, and it's not that it's just about what. how does this benefit me, but there has to, there's an energetic exchange that happens. When you give somebody something, mm-hmm. there needs to be something in return, whether it's gratitude right. or it's payback or it's doing something in return. There has to be an exchange. Right. Well, and so, like, there clearly is no exchange of emotion there, right? Right, yeah. So a lot of times that exchange is just simply being connected with that person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? There clearly was no exchange of emotional connection because he was just very cut and dried, like, well, I'm not talking to him anymore because he didn't give me enough money. And no personal responsibility either. No. Right. Like, I asked for gas money. I didn't say how much I needed, and I only asked for gas money. And instead of going, $40 is a lot for somebody to give to me, um, and I need something to eat too, so I'm going to do the responsible thing and split the money so I can take care of two needs at once. Mm-hmm. No, this is all your problem. Right. For not actually meeting the demand that I have. Right. But, like, not your problem to meet that demand. Not at all. And so, like I said, that was the point where I had to rem- remove myself from the conversation because we just, we were not going to agree. Right. Um, you know, but that is, that's exactly, I think, the kind of mindset that we've been talking about this whole time. Uh of, of people who in, in dating culture, um, you know, that we've been touching on these entitled, entitled women, entitled men who, if I'm going to pay for something, I expect something back from you. That, that very transactional, um, disconnected mindset Mm -hmm. in dating. Um, you know, I, I, so I know that we've kind of come full circle here, but I wanted to touch on uh, the way that some of these apps are working now because some of their features have changed over time. Uh, in Tinder specifically right now, and Hinge even, there's the what are you looking for, right? There's the short-term relationship. There's the short-term fun. There's the short-term open to long, long-term open to short, or just straight-up long-term. Hmm. Huh. Um, and so it's it, it makes it very easy to kind of weed out like like maybe today I'm just looking to hook up with somebody, but every once in a while I might swipe on somebody who's like, okay, this could be a potential long-term partner. So basically what I was saying was, I'm not surprised that you're having difficulty finding matches because I feel like what you are looking for is different than a lot of the of the other 20 somethings right now. I feel like there's a lot of, um, we don't want to get married. We don't value marriage. We don't want children. 
uh, why would you want to have children, etc. There's a lot more of this. Let's have non-permanent, uh, no root kind of yeah. situations. I mean, this is, and part of it is because economically, right? Uh, people your age are having a harder time, even my age, having a harder time affording to buy houses, for example. And so apartment living is kind of the deal. Yeah. The, the but that concept of the dual income, no kids, is very, very popular. Yes. Amongst and my age group, it right makes now. it much harder it for somebody who actually is looking for a serious relationship and children to get that. Um, well, then there's the there's that aspect of of just you know we were talking about ghosting earlier. Everyone is so very willing to you've you've had even a minor exchange with someone. Well, they're not interesting enough, so. On to the next one, on to the next one. But that's, I think, a, a side effect of everything being so quick at our fingertips. Yeah. You know, and, yeah, and disposable. Yep. Um, where we're so used to, and I feel like um, Jess and I are in a different situation because we grew up for the bulk of our lives before we had cell phones and like we had apple computers that had a black screen and the blinking green cursor like that was you know so um the generations who are behind us like facebook became available to me in 2005 um when i was a senior in college and so because i was already an adult when social media started to really be a thing I mean, like, we had AIM before that. That right. was like, right. whoa, amazing. I can talk to you through my AIM, you know, kind of thing. But so social media, because it's still such a young thing, there is a very specific attitude that goes along with, I have easy access. And so I don't need to invest more time in anything because... As quickly as I was interested in that, I can be as quickly as interested mm-hmm. in this thing over here. I don't need to learn how to cook. I don't need how to clean my house. Right. I can just order that on DoorDash. Yeah. Somebody will just show up and clean my house for me or whatever. Unfortunately, what we're also seeing coinc- coincide with that is higher levels of, of stress, higher levels of anxiety, less fulfillment in life, less happiness, more depression, that kind of thing. So Social it's like... isolation. Yeah, so, I mean, like, any time we have these advancements in technology, we also have negative fallout that comes along with it. We're like, sure, the tech is great, um, but is it really that great, given the negative side effects that we have as a result of having access to the tech? Yeah. You know, is it really that big of a deal? And yesterday I was looking on Amazon for um, index cards like multicolor index cards because um, I use them for theater stuff. And I'm like, look, I'm scroll- I scrolled through how- for however long, 10 minutes probably, looking for just the right index cards. And ultimately I went, you know what? This is too hard. I'm just going to go to the store and mm-hmm. see what's physically in front of me. Yeah. And ultimately purchased them from Target. Because I could feel it in my hand. It didn't. It wasn't exactly what I wanted, but... I had fewer choices, which helped me to whittle down and go, this is what I need. Yeah. Ah, so you're telling me that I should be going to the store and picking out which model of woman I want. (laughs) Cool. 
You started <laughs> Lion's Den. <laughs> they have blow-up dolls there. I mean, but you get blondes or brunettes. <laughs> oh, I get pussies. To that point, though, I think part of the thing is to keep in mind that deep down inside everyone, the desire for deep connection is there. And so even those people who are like, no, not having any kids and not being married and these things is totally fine. The reality is, is that we are mammals and we are designed to get together and have babies. Mm -hmm. That is the primal point of being alive. And if you're not doing that, then what happens to your species? And the reality is, is that we are a species and we will go extinct if we're not getting together and having families. Right. And that's still deep down inside of every one of us. Even mm-hmm. those who are riddled with anxiety and social isolation and all these things who are saying, no, I don't need that. The reality is, yes, you do. Yes, you do. You just have to get back in touch with it. It's there. Well, and so I think because I one of the things for me, I stopped dating. Like I was, I think I was 26 and I was like, fuck this. Even at the age of 26, I was like, this is ridiculous. I had been in enough really bad dates, people, you know, guys that I had met doing online dating and like chatting first and whatever, and um, maybe having a phone conversation before we actually went on a date. The number, and even, even like generically meeting somebody, you know, like meeting somebody at work or, you know, they, they're a customer and I I worked at a bar and like, they are coming in and they ask me out on a date or whatever. Even meeting people like that. I went on enough bad dates that I started a blog about it because it was like, how does one person have this many bad experiences? How is dating this hard that I finally just went, I'm done. I'm just going to focus on myself for a little while and I'm going to do some self-care and I'm going to do some self um, exploration and try and figure out who am I and what am I looking for? What do I want? What do I not want? What are my deal breakers? What are the red flags? That Those kinds of things, which helped me to really narrow down and it was not surfacey things. It wasn't, I'm looking for somebody who has blonde hair and blue eyes and a six foot three None of those things were on the list. I was looking at things like, I want somebody who I can be a total dork with and not feel bad about it. And I want to be with somebody who has a good relationship with their family and um, has a good head on their shoulders and is driven and is very funny and, you know, whatever. And maybe we have some commonalities and maybe we don't. Um, Whatever, that we can have some different interests and some shared interests and that's completely fine. That's ultimately, then after Vic and I got married, I went back and I found the list again. I was like, holy shit, I asked for Vic. Yeah. That was the list. I mean, like so many of the qualities, and it was like three pages of stuff. And for some people, I'm sure they're going to be like, oh my God, this bitch is crazy. But (coughs) that (laughs) helped me to figure out the qualities that I was looking to share in a life with somebody. Where it was like, I'm not looking to just casually date. I'm not looking to have a fuck buddy. I'm not looking to, um, I'm not down to just fuck. Um, I'm looking for somebody to share in my life. And what qualities in a person am I looking for that we can build 
a life together. And I don't know that you can do that with online dating. I think you can. I just think, you know, people need to stop being bitches about it it's, and it stick in it, it for a little bit longer. It makes it a little harder just because, I mean, to your point from earlier where it's just, it's so easy to just go, well, I have 50 matches, so this person who who didn't say something funny or interesting or didn't grab my attention as much, I'll just leave them on red and yeah. go go to the next person that sent me a message. Um, so there's a, there's a lot more just surface level. Am I attracted to them? Mm-hmm. Um, without, without actually getting to know them. Um, very recent, just this week, um, you know, there had been this girl that I was kind of going back and forth with and then I stopped getting messages from her. And then like a week later, she sent me a, a like a voice memo through the app and was like, oh, you know, I'm sorry, like holidays, things got busy and blah, blah, blah. I was like, yeah, cool, whatever, I, I get it. Um, also, like, I'm not pressed because literally everybody fucking ghosts on this app. I'm just desensitized to it. Mm. Don't care. Um, and we sent two or three messages back and forth and then she ghosted me again. And I didn't hear from her. And then kind of just like as a, a last-ditch effort because... You know, I thought she was really cute. I sent her another message just on a whim, like, hey, like, if you're not interested, cool, I totally respect that, but this, this, and this, and if you would like to get together and go have drinks or coffee or whatever, here's my phone number, um, you know, get, get in touch with me. Mm-hmm. Not two minutes went by, legitimately, seriously. She fucking called me on the phone. Hmm. And I don't know what's going on. Like, they just changed some features where, like, caller ID, whoever the phone is registered to, it shows up now. Um, so I, I knew it was her. And I just in, internally am panicking because in my, in my generation, <laughs> we do not talk on the phone. Right? Right? <laughs> Um, I don't know so why. Like, why, why are you why calling? You I meant text me. What are you to doing? Call someone either. <laughs> hey, uh, can I call you? Because um, if I don't want to talk to you, like, no. Well, you should be asking. That's so me. dumb. You know, so so, so I answer the phone and I, I still again I'm panicking. I'm just like so much <laughs> phoning. Hi, hi, what are you doing? Why are you um, calling me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, kinda. Uh, but so we are going out later. Nice. So it, it, it all worked out in the end just because I took that extra effort mm-hmm. to to put myself out there. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh which for me a lot can be can be very challenging. Mm-hmm. Um just because there's a I I kind of freeze up. I don't really know what to say to people. Um you know, my I don't really feel like my personality comes across very well in the apps because I'm really bad at texting in so general. I think it's my um, and so it, like I said, again, just, just that extra little, I'm putting myself out there and I'm being genuine about mm-hmm. the thing that I'm saying mm-hmm. was able to get through. And, you know, we have had some, some really good, cool conversations since then. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's just this, the, this whole idea of the online dating is, has been 
just very challenging to get through. Sure. Meeting people in real life, especially like working in a field where like I don't have any coworkers. A lot of people meet their partners through work. Yeah. That doesn't exist for me yeah. mm-hmm. being in the field that I'm in. Um, working in the restaurant, you know, yeah, I have coworkers there, but it's it's not quite the same. Sure. Um yeah, I don't Well, I think that there is um like to what Alyssa was saying, you know, like being on Amazon and looking through all of the different index cards and there's so many choices and it's easy to just be like, oh, maybe this is fine. Uh, but also being like, well, there's too many choices. I can't even decide. Yeah. Online dating is like that. You've got 50 matches. Great. That's awesome. Fucking choose one. Right. right? Whereas in real life dating, oftentimes the best matches are the ones that you get set up on. Mm-hmm. Somebody says, oh, I know this person. They would be a good fit for you. Until that person goes to you, too. Well, and that <laughs> happens. It's uh-huh. not that that doesn't happen in real life. Yeah. It's just that when you're actually meeting somebody face-to-face, it's a lot harder to just be like a keyboard warrior, you know? Right. Um, and And oftentimes it's because you've got this person over here that you know and you've got this person over here and you know that they have commonalities and you can say you guys both have these things in common and maybe it's not going to work out i mean lots of blind dates don't work out right but there's more of a chance of it working out because those the the, the people that set you up know you as a person yes. and understand your values and right. and this know, is are, the reason why that's how discern. dating was you might meet somebody in a bar, right. but oftentimes you were meeting somebody in a bar who also happened to know somebody else that you know in the same bar, yeah. you know, or or you had mutual friends unbeknownst to you until you start talking to one another. I mean, yeah. so this is what happened with mom and dad, you know, mm-hmm. dad's all in a bar, but they actually had mutual friends, didn't know that until mm-hmm. they went out and they realized that they had mutual friends. Mm-hmm. I didn't know they had mutual friends. Yeah, Skip and Shannon oh. were Jana's friends right. and Dad's friends. Yeah, that's so funny. And Lee had actually seen Dad when he was uh, working at Lombard's and had said, that guy's really cute, but hadn't actually gone out with him. And then he showed up to pick up Mom for their first date, and she was like, wait a second. That's so funny. That's the dude that I thought was good looking. Imagine if Lee had ended up being her mom. <laughs> When we were kids, we wished that Lee was our mom. <laughs> well, I don't know. Did we? Oh, God. We yeah, we definitely had times where... Cause, because it was the fun ant thing, right? Because, you know, Leah would do the movie nights. And um, and it's not that it's not that we didn't have fun being here, but it was the escape thing. Yeah. Um, you know, like this was our real life. And so going over to Lee's house and she, where she'd have the popcorn. And, you know, she, she like did these like fun experiences she still does that right right she's the party planner totally and so it was that where we i think in our young brains were like this would is what it would be like if she were our mom this is what it would be like all the time yeah and then i got to a certain age where i was like yeah no it wouldn't be like that all the time it wouldn't it's (laughs) never the time you got the other it's fun until it's not fun but i think we're very funny i picked up biscuits in my tea today (laughs) (laughs) The, the question about that is, is the tea. What, but the question is, what kind of biscuit and what tea? <laughs> That's what's funny about that. 
Because British people, uh, British people are actually way more open to talking about sex and like these things that Americans are super stick up the ass about. Super vulgar, for sure. I just watched the episode of Graham Norton that had Sophie Turner and Michael Fassbender and James McAvoy are from the UK, different places in the UK. Sure. They were hilarious because they're talking about stuff where Americans are like, oh my God, they just said that on TV. Also, like, that's Graham Norton. Graham Norton, in and of a sense, he's a queen, mm-hmm. and he's vulgar, and yeah. I mean, he literally puts people on a throne and then throws them backwards when he thinks right. your story is stupid. Yeah, that's the setup. You know, that doesn't happen in American television. People would be too offended by it. You know who actually was great, because Taylor Swift was the, was the musical guest, this was before the Lover album came out, mm-hmm. she came out, she was <laughs> so funny, she was more engaging than Jessica Chastain. That makes sense. Well... She's a little. Have you guys seen the guess my fart videos? Yes. Oh my god! You just sent us <laughs> so fucking funny, right? I think I sent it. I think that's hilarious. How many people were correct? I know, <laughs> seriously. And I know that I the, that's it. just like a compilation of the ones that were correct. You didn't watch it? I didn't watch it yet. No, I oh, haven't. God, it's you people watched going... the guy with the two eyes like this. Yes, I did. <laughs> it's literally people going, guess my fart. And the other per- the person who's on camera, so the person behind the camera is going, guess my fart. And the person on camera going, mm. And then the person farts, and that's what it sounds like. <laughs> it's, it was it's, so it's, funny. It's so what, simple. What I loved so about funny. it, the top comment was, all right, the next, next video that we get should be guess my queef. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so next time, can we do hashtag queef beef long nails? Long nails. Sure. Yeah. I don't know what that, what long, oh, like well, because the, we were how talking long about, that you have to use, like, your knuckles and stuff yeah. to, like, zip up your mm-hmm. jeans? Yeah, because like, we, we were talking on phone. New Year's Eve, Ava had a friend over we that had long that. nails, and <laughs> Teddy actually said, how do you wipe your butt with those? <laughs> hey, queefers. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon on Church of Queef. Follow us on X, formerly known as Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at COQ Podcast and Queef We Trust.